And now it's time for the BetMGM MLB podcast, powered by BetQL, with Ryan Horvat and Cody Decker on the BetQL Network. It is a new week in Major League Baseball, and like we said last week, when we showed back up here on our next show, the entire playoff landscape might be different, and guess what? We were right. Welcome to BetMGM MLB Podcast, powered by BetQL. I am Cody Decker, former professional baseball player, turned professional smartass on the radio. And with me, as always, my man, Ryan Horvat. He is the man with anything, gambling and baseball and all sports. But, man, how you doing? How was your weekend? Had a good weekend, a better weekend than uh, our Padres had, and I'm uh, starting to buy back into the Phillies. Yesterday, I woke up on uh, Sunday morning, I woke up, I should say, and they were a game back in the division. My plus 375 division winner ticket still looking decent after, I mean, every week, man, it's something new with that division, but especially with that team. Um, I feel like there's still an outside shot. I would love to get that one. Feeling really good about my Otani MVP ticket. Although, man, we've had a lot of people on, and I've heard a lot of people trying to make the case against Otani. Yesterday, I think, this weekend, I should say, he, I, I think he uh, wrapped that thing up, even with the double-digit strikeout performance when we didn't think we were going to see him make another start this year. So it was an exciting weekend of baseball, man. Doing really well. I'm glad you brought up Otani because we're going to start off by talking about AL and NL MVP futures. We're going to switch it up today, and then we're going to talk about the weekday slate of games that we have coming up, starting with the Monday night games, which is a lot of the starting of the series. There's a couple of series starting on Tuesday, and we're going to get to those, of course. But first, you mentioned Otani. Let's go right into it. Let's talk AL MVP futures. Here's the deal. I've said it from the beginning. We've said it since we started this show. No matter what. Otani is your MVP. It's not even close. And you should be extremely happy because you have been sitting on this ticket all year long. So if you are following us along, make sure you pull out your BetMGM app, check out the futures and see what we got right here. Right now we got Shohei Otani. He opened the season at plus 1100. He is currently at minus 5,000. How good do you feel right now holding on to that ticket? I feel really good, man. Really, really good. And I need... I- we're doing this thing, you know, it's uh, as we record here, Monday, September 20th. And, you know, we do this thing on BetMGM tonight where you do have certain people on and they try to make the case for other guys. And if you're looking at the second half of the season, especially just offensively, I guess you can make the case for Vlad. I mean, he's been ridiculous. His odds have now shifted all the way to plus 850 over at BetMGM. But still, man, what we're seeing from Otani, we talked about this last week. This is something that we have never seen. This is something that I've never seen. You know, I wasn't around, obviously, for Babe Ruth, but this guy – Double-digit strikeouts again. He has over 40 homers. You know, the second half of the season, the batting average has went down a little bit. He struggled at times, but he's also dealt with injuries. Again, Joe Madden said just last week, we didn't think we were going to see him back on the mound again. He's been impressive, especially when you look at the team. I mean, another disappointing season for the Angels where I really wanted to buy in. Um, Obviously, the Mike Trout injury, huge. I think that's a team to look out for next year, especially if they're able to add in free agency, which we've talked about. I think they will. I still think they need another starter, a couple of few starters in that rotation. But I'm feeling really good having that ticket, especially when you look at the price today over at BetMGM and it's minus 5,000 and I'm going to cash out uh, plus money at the end of the season here. And just, just talking in a practical matter, watching people try to make a case for Vlad. Now, let's not sit here and pretend Vlad's not having an incredible season. It's in, it's astonishing, and he has a legitimate shot of winning the Triple Crown. The last Triple Crown winner was Miguel Cabrera, and he won the MVP that season over Mike Trout, who everyone agreed 
Mike Trout probably should have won MVP that year, but it was just, it was the first time in like 40 years we saw a triple crown. I think everybody decided to put their vote towards that and you can't really blame him for it. But when you're looking at what Vlad's doing and Vlad is having an incredible year, if you look at his war, he's not actually the best player on that team. The best player on that team is Marcus Simeon. And so it makes me wonder, we're talking about AL MVP and you're trying to make a case for a guy who you can arguably say isn't the best player on his team. Right, exactly. You know, and that's why I was looking when we talk NL uh, MVP as well. Some people that are trying to make the case for Max Muncy and he's been solid this year. But when I look at that lineup and how much protection he has, it's just hard to make the case. Now, I'll say this for Vlad, you know, as we wake up here Monday morning, they have a game and a half lead Toronto does in the wild card standings over New York, a two game lead over Oakland. You look at the angels. I mean, it's been a disaster. They're five games below 500, 12 games back just in the wild card. So I do get where, you know, Vlad's been the more exciting story in the, uh, Blue Jays have been on an absolute tear. I mean, that's a team that wasn't even able to play home games the majority of their season, man. And he's been ridiculous. You brought up the triple crown. He's been fun to watch. But still, I think that that award is Otani's. But I do get people that are making the case, you know, especially when you get bored here in September and we're really just waiting for the postseason as most of these teams do have their divisions wrapped up. And all we have left is, you know, the wild card standings because most of these awards, like, let's face it. You know, they're wrapped up. If, if DeGrom doesn't get injured, the Cy Young was wrapped up two months ago. So, um, again, Vlad's been great, but it has to be Otani's award. And I'm not just saying that as a homer with the ticket in my pocket right now that I'm going to cash here in a few months. You, you mentioned a name. You mentioned you never saw Babe Ruth. Obviously, none of us have. And, yes, we, we all sit around listening to the mythical legend that is Babe right. Ruth. And we're like, well, he was an amazing pitcher. And then he became a good outfielder and an incredible hitter. Yeah, but you got to keep in mind, this was back in the 1920s. Right. Babe Ruth probably topped out at 83 miles per hour. It was a different ball game back then. He was swinging a bat that was practically three pounds in weight. You don't see guys swinging bats these days that are above 32 ounces. I swung a heavy bat and everyone thought I was nuts because I swung a bat the size I did at a 33 ounce bat. Babe Ruth was rocking like a 50 ounce bat. And that's just how the game was back then. The game right. has changed into a much different world. So when I see the comparisons of Otani to Babe Ruth I sometimes go like yeah but the game is so much more difficult now than it was when Babe Ruth played and I cannot stress that enough and if you're a very old person who has watched Babe Ruth play and you want to disagree with me I want to tell you you are wrong but you mentioned Max Muncy on the NL side um listen a lot of people trying to make the case for Max Muncy to get in there a month ago I thought the case was a lot more legitimate he hit a much much bigger uh, rough patch but if you're going to make the case for Max Muncy you might as well make a case for another player that's been really surging lately but he's only hitting 250 and that's Nolan Arenado but I don't think Nolan Arenado's worth a ticket price either really it's a two-man race right now in the NL Fernando Tatis Jr. who we've talked about all season long all season long and right now Listen, I've been fading him the entire time because he wasn't even a, a you know a first half all-star. He definitely went on a surge and his team is surging right now and that's Bryce Harper and it's looking like he may be actually overtaking Tatis in the Vegas odds. What say you? Yeah, I mean, I wish I would have and I've been unfortunately all in on the Phillies all season long. I almost played the Bryce Harper MVP a couple months back and I'd want a better price, so I'm staying away right now. Um but I mean, He's been ridiculous. You know, he's third, I believe, in the National League in batting average. He's hitting 315 this season. I mean, he's having his best season as a Philly, right? Uh, he's second in on-base percentage, 429 there. First in slugging percentage. First in OPS. He's tied for four, uh, tied for fourth in runs scored. Tied for first in total bases. Second in doubles this season. 
tied for fourth in home runs. He's been ridiculous, and he has 72 extra base hits. And if you take him off that roster, I mean, here on Monday, September 20th, we just talked about it. The Phillies are two games back in the division. They have a shot. I don't trust them, but if you take Bryce Harper off that roster, especially that last month of the season, I mean, he was ridiculous in August. This team is probably, what, eight, nine games back, even in that division. They've been so inconsistent. He's been you know, obviously the most – he's been the best player on that team. And uh, I can make the case for him being probably the most valuable player in the National League. I was rooting for Tatis, but I just feel like the team's holding him back a little bit. You know, it's been a little bit of a disaster here, especially these last two months, a lot of that having to do with injuries. And I don't know if this weekend helps this case out with the uh, incident with him and Machado, even though I do think that that was overblown. Your thoughts on that? I thought that was incredibly overblown. Listen, right. if you guys thought, if you think that was bad, I hate for you guys to see any camera footage of what I've said to my teammates in the dugout. Okay. Right. We, we yell at each other all the time when these things happen. We get into each other's face. Sometimes punches are thrown. It happens. Okay. Some, you don't always want to happen in the dugout, but it happens. And, and I'm a little amazed at how many people did overblow that. I thought Manny Machado was honestly being a good teammate, trying to keep his player in the game. Quite frankly, the MVP candidate in the game. But you mentioned Harper. We look at the odds right now on Harper. Listen, he's currently at minus 125. Before right. the season started, he opened at plus 1,800. So that is a hell of a surge going forward. Man, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. opened at plus 3,000, currently at plus 100. Now, I am of the believer that there might still be a little bit of value in taking that ticket while you can because it's a two-man race. Um, and I, I do think that the Padres, who are currently tied with the Phillies, Going into this wild card hunt, they're both three and a half back. And they're both, quite frankly, I think both these teams are going to miss the playoffs. I think if the Phillies are going to make the playoffs, they're going to do it uh, by winning the NL East, with which they're only two games behind the Atlanta Braves. It could just come down to if one of these teams makes the playoffs, that's who your MVP is. But I agree with you that the Padres have not done any favors to Fernando Tatis Jr. Yesterday, playing center field, very out of position for him, made an embarrassingly bad error. He's made some errors in right field. And let's not pretend that he did not make a bunch of errors at shortstop before they even moved him out of there. But he has been hurt all year, which is incredible that he's been this injured with that left shoulder injury, yet he's still the top two MVP candidates right now. And he's missed over 30 games this year. Right, and that was the one case that I could make for him. I mean, he's missed all of those games, and he still has, what, 39 homers this season? I mean, he's going to be the face of baseball. He's the most exciting player in the game. You see him all over the commercials on the video game cover. So I feel like... You know, if this was just a fan vote, I think it's probably him over Bryce Harper. Both guys have been ridiculous, and both players um, have been on teams that I had high hopes for. Again, like, I thought the Phillies could win the division, legitimately be World Series candidates, which I know I buy into them every other year. But with the Padres, man, especially the offseason moves that they made, bringing in Blake Snell and Hugh Darvish, if they stay healthy this season, they're probably right up there with the Giants and the Dodgers. I mean, hell, they have been all season long. You know, if they're in any other division, we're talking about them as a different team, but They've been one of the more disappointing teams, and he's been obviously like the glue that's holding them together for the majority of the season, along with Machado. But um, yeah, if I had to make the pick, if I had to make the pick today, I'd probably go Bryce Harper. If I had to make the pick today, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I've been—I mean this—I've been fading Harper the entire time. I thought it was a quick flash in the pan. Went on a huge thing. We've we've seen other players this season go on massive surges. I mean, let's not forget like what happened in Washington with. Uh, your boy, uh, sorry, I'm having a brain fart. What? Why am I forgetting his name? He's currently in Boston. Oh, Kyle Schwarber. 
Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber had the most epic month in baseball maybe ever, and we've already forgotten about it because right. it happened when it happened. If that happened, say, right now, are we talking about Kyle Schwarber being your MVP? We might be. It's a possibility. Sometimes it's all about timing, and if a team makes the playoffs while you're surging, that's a lot of, that's a lot of headlines written by the writers who are the ones that vote for this award. Right, right. Like you go back a couple of years ago, man, when the Brewers went on that absolute tear and everybody thought that the Cubs were going to run away with the, the division in the central. I thought they had like a six, seven game lead at the time. And it's the year that they have to play game 163 and the Brewers go on that crazy run and Yelich was homer and every other day. I was like, how do you give this award? How is anybody else even in consideration when Christian Yelich is hitting like a home run every other day? You just have guys that go on tears the second half of the season. You know, and it really makes you forget about what we saw the first half of the season, especially when some of these teams do start to struggle and some of these teams get hot at the right time. I mean, we're talking about the Giants are the best team in baseball. The Rays are the best team in baseball. We're not talking about anybody on either team even being an MVP candidate. Not even mentioned. Crazy, you know? Right. Yeah. The only, the only thing I can really say is I think Brandon Crawford, and by the way, we're talking about throughout the league right now, all these up young shortstops throughout the league, and I think Brandon Crawford is this year's gold glove winner, and no one's talking about it. Not right. to mention that. I also think he's comeback player of the year in the National League player. I mean, he what he's done helping carry that team. Brandon Belt, another name you can say that is right up there with the comeback player of the year award, but none of them MVPs, just role players that are so damn good. Don't you find that so crazy, though? Like, I, I couldn't believe a couple years back, I want to say, was it like two years ago when Lorenzo Kane won his first gold glove? I was like, how has this guy never had a gold glove? Like, especially even in Kansas City, he's been one of the best fielders, uh, best outfielders in the game of baseball for nearly a decade. Yet, like they were giving away gold, yet they were giving away gold gloves to Eric Hosmer like he was right. the best first baseman in baseball, which we all know he just defensively is not. It, was, it goes to show you just it's a popularity award more than yeah. it actually is an actual glove man award, which it really should be. Right. But let's get over to the games that we got going on this week. We got a full slate of games starting on Monday evening, and we got some bets. So pull out your BetMGM app and let's take a look at it. And this is a game I normally wouldn't talk about, but we can't pretend that the Cincinnati Reds are not still in this. And we've talked about teams that can play spoilers. And let's talk about if you had a list, top three list of the teams that could play spoilers coming forward, who do you think they are? For me... Probably the Royals, but the Royals are dealing with some injuries in the rotation in the American League. Um, another team in the American League that we talk about is the Detroit Tigers. And then I know that a couple weeks ago I said that this team definitely won't be playing spoiler. But honestly, I'm looking at this Pittsburgh Pirates team, and especially in this series against the Cincinnati Reds with some of their young arms like Dylan Peters, who we should see on Monday. And uh, I think they could play spoiler as crazy as it sounds because I just do not trust the Reds right now. I feel like the Reds might be in a little bit of a free fall coming up this I week. I think so, too. And currently, as we stand, they are the closest team on the outside looking in. They are three games out of the second wild card spot behind the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. And they got Pittsburgh. Luckily, they're at home. We got Peters on Monday evening taking on Gutierrez. Listen, I still think Pittsburgh is a is a disaster. I think that I think the future is brighter in Pittsburgh than people will give credit for. They have been stockpiling some very young prospects for a couple of years now. So I think in two years that might be a pro, an organization you might want to look out for, but it just isn't today. For me, I'm looking at the run line from Cincinnati today. However, I think this series is going to be a lot closer than today will be. Uh, I just look at this pitching matchup. I think some runs are going to be scored. And I tend to think that the run line for Cincinnati is going to come in plus 115. What do you think? Yeah, I'm actually going to take a shot today with the uh, with the Pirates, with the Dogs. Oh. Yeah, you got Peters on the mound. His last start actually against the Reds 
almost like a week ago. Yeah, only a week ago, uh, September 14th. So on Monday, I'll be looking at them. He went five innings, gave up five hits, no runs, and struck out five. I was also going to maybe take a look at a strikeout prop. The Reds in Gutierrez's uh, last four starts, 0-4 when he's favored. So I'm going to take a shot with the dogs. I feel like uh, – feel like the Reds may have a epic collapse coming up, although it's already Ooh, kind of been I like it. I, I actually don't I don't hate that pick. I just have to assume, you know, with Peters on the mound, I just think Votto's going to do some damage today. I yeah. think Cassianos is going to do some damage today. I think they're bitter that they dropped that series to the Dodgers, even though they were kind of coming back this last weekend, um, but still dropped the series. I don't know. This is going to be an interesting game. It's one you, everyone, I think, is going to have to put their eyes on, especially not just the game. This is actually an important series going forward. Uh, Chicago White Sox, they're playing in Detroit. We talked about spoilers. Well, Detroit can't play spoiler in this series because there's a good chance that the uh, Chicago White Sox are going to clinch their play at their spot this series. Um, I'm excited for it. They got Rodon on the mound. No value on the money line whatsoever. And once again, I'm, I'm looking at the run line again for the White Sox. Minus 135. Rodon has just been filthy. He's only going to throw five innings, but I think that's a good thing. Get those relievers out there. Uh, Kopech get some innings in there. I think they're going to win this game by at least three. Yeah, he's been on the innings limit um, all month long. 12 and five on the season. He's been ridiculous. He's going against a rookie today and Matt Manning. Uh, he did, he's coming off one of his best starts uh, last week, pitched pretty solid against the Brewers, went six innings, gave up just one run. But I'm going to be all over the White Sox with you on the run line, 65 and 32 in their last 97 games against a team with a losing record. Also, 47 and 22 in their last 69 games on the road as a favorite. So I'll be playing the uh, White Sox mm-hmm. and especially and, uh, Rodon on the mound, man, on, yeah. on the run line. And Monday evening, you know, the, the Detroit Tigers have Manning on the mound. You know what uh, game I always feel really good about the Detroit Tigers? Anytime they have Casey Mize on the mound. Yeah. Uh, Casey Mize has just been a massive bright spot in that starting rotation over there in Detroit. I look forward to seeing where that team's going to go going forward. And again, we talked about it a few times this last few weeks. The Detroit Tigers are good. They're I, not bad. No, I mean, they're sneaky too, man. And I'm really excited to, you know, my co-host even give me crap all the time because Anytime we bring up and when we're doing the live scores and I'm like, and look out for these Tigers. And everybody's like, we don't want to hear about the Tigers. And I'm like, <laughs> just wait. In a couple of years, you will. I actually drafted Casey Mize last year in my uh, fantasy baseball dynasty league. And I'm just holding on to him. I did it with Bryce Harper, like, you know, nine years ago now, man. I just, I like to find these guys, you know, that nobody's looking at. And Casey Mize has been ridiculous this season at times. I mean, inconsistent at times as well, but I like playing the strikeout props when he's on the mound. And he's always sneaky as a dog, so I'm with you there. Well, speaking of strikeout props, I got one today, and it's in this game in particular. And I'll tell you why I picked the strikeout prop. It's not just because he's currently in the lead for the Cy Young. Robbie Ray on the mound Monday evening against Tampa Bay. This series is huge because I'd say this is arguably the biggest series for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, You got Robbie Ray taking on Boz. Listen. I actually see some value here on the money line, and that's what I'm going to suggest you take. Minus 135 for the Toronto Blue Jays, and they're in Tampa Bay, mind you. But Robbie Ray on the mound, what can you say if he goes out there and does what he's supposed to do? And you know they're going to ride him a long time. It's not like another situation where we're talking about with the White Sox where they're going to be counting his innings. No, 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 no. He's going to go as long as he physically can, which is why I think his strikeout prop of eight and a half at minus 120 is a safe bet. Same here. Woke up Monday morning, played it right away over at BetMGM, <laughs> and he has been ridiculous. He has allowed two earned runs or fewer in nine of his last 10 appearances. 
You look at the last time out against Tampa Bay, 13 strikeouts, no walks, and he went seven innings. So he's not on a pitch count, 13 Ks, no walks in his last outing against the same team against Tampa Bay. He's 2-1 and one on the season and five starts against him with an ERA under two. Also, even going on the road, I find value with the Blue Jays. Look, they need every single win, right? Um, you look at Tampa Bay, they have their division locked up. And the Blue Jays are a solid team on the road. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10 road games. They're 16-5 and five in the division in the last 21 against the AL East. I'm going to be with you on the strikeout prop, as I am always with Ray. And I'm going to be uh, all over the Rays today as well as slight favorites on the road. And that's not all. They've also been 18. They've won 18 of their last 22 ball games as well. This is a team that is more than surging. They want to take over the division. And listen, they're not going to catch up to the Rays in this amount of time. They're just not. But if this season was, say, two weeks, three weeks longer, I would honestly, honestly, I'd put I would put a bet on the Toronto Blue Jays winning the AL East because the Rays have been dropping some winnable games here lately and the Blue Jays are fighting for their lives. And I, I love watching them right now, but let's talk about another team that's in that same division in the same uh, hunt for the wild card. And it's gone the exact opposite direction. The New York Yankees Monday night, starting a series against the Texas Rangers, Texas Rangers are terrible. And the current money line, there is no value on it. But here's the thing. I am so worried about the Yankees. I find them so inconsistent that I, I cannot tell anyone to take them on a run line. They haven't. I don't think they've even won a game by more than two runs in a week. Not to mention, I know it's Texas. The only thing I can honestly say about this game, Alexi on the mound Monday evening, plus 220 for them. Cortez on the mound for the Yankees, minus 275. I really think those odds are a bit too generous towards the Yankees to say the least, but I do like the over at eight and a half at minus 110. One way or another, runs will be scored on both of these teams. It's just a matter of who's going to outscore the other. And on paper, you want to say the Yankees, but I just don't trust them. No, I don't trust the Yankees. I don't trust the Yankees, especially the way they've been priced on the money line. I don't trust the Yankees on the run line because like you said, they never win games by two or more runs. Um, I've been playing a lot of Yankees unders this season because they have been so in inconsistent at the plate. And then uh, the pitching has been solid for the Yanks. It's not the reason they're in this position, but you look at this pitching matchup. You just brought it up. You got a rookie on the mound, AJ Alexi. Don't trust it. Uh, you got Cortez Jr. Going for the Yanks. Don't trust him. In fact, the only, I look at Aaron judge player props every once in a while. He's been one of the few consistent hitters for the Yanks, even with the addition of Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo with the deadline, 35 homers, 85 RBI this season. Um, I'm with you on the over. I think some runs will be scored on Monday night, but I can't play a side in this game. You know, I, I don't think the Yankees are heading to the postseason. And I know I that's think, a big disappointment, but I, I can't trust them right now. I actually agree with you. I think they're going to be the team on the outside looking in. They've been looking awful. Boston's been winning some ball games. Yeah. So we know how good Toronto has been. And if there is a team, if there is one team in that race that I think could catch up, could catch up but here's the thing i do i do if i were to make if i were to tell you right now what i think the playoff picture is going to look like i think toronto is going to have the top slot i think they're going to overtake boston i do think boston's going to get that second slot but if there was another team that could get it they're currently two games out and been playing some pretty good baseball lately the oakland a's are taking on the seattle mariners in oakland monday evening anderson versus manan listen this these are two good teams they are I, I I've been fading the Mariners all year, waiting them for them to completely go away, but they just haven't. They are four games out, so they are seemingly pretty much out of this at this point. But 
it's not out of the realm of possibility that something chaotic could happen and they go, hey, say they sweep the A's. We might be talking about a completely different scenario right now. Um, I don't like them on this game on Monday evening uh, with a knee on the mound. I do, however, like the run line for the Oakland A's plus 110, but that's the only thing I'm feeling comfortable about. I'm not sure about the overrunner. These Both these pitchers can be inconsistent. Yeah, especially, you know, when you look at Tyler Anderson, you never really know what you're going to get, you know, and going into this matchup, um, I think he could run into some trouble against Oakland. You know, he is, his ERA is nearly at five on the season on the road. Oakland's playing some good baseball right now. And the Mariners, I have a hard time backing them as underdogs. You know, when they are slight favorites in some of these series, if they're playing like, let's say, Kansas City or Baltimore, I made some money on Seattle this year. But as underdogs, two and five in their last seven as dogs. You know, they're also two and five just in their last seven overall. And you got the A's. I like back in the A's when they're favored. You know, they're 4-0 in their last four games as favorites, 4-0 in their last four overall. I can see them making a run here. And I, I was pretty high on the A's going into this season. I think Seattle's maybe a year away, maybe a year away even from being a year away. We talk about that pretty much like every pot. I love Seattle, man. But I think Oakland's the stronger team. I'll be all over them uh, on Monday and probably in this series. Two teams the I really same. can't trust. But I think if I have to lean one way, I'll be looking to play the A's somehow. I think you're right to do so. I, I think the A's are a team that's going to kind of battle back and make this AL wild card even more interesting, while I do think the Yankees are going to fade even more. One more uh, interesting game, but moving over to the NL side, we have a couple more games, but this one's very interesting because you mentioned your dogs in Pittsburgh. I got my dogs today that I'm going to play. And believe it or not, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but it's only because of one name means is on the mound for the baltimore orioles against yeah. the incredibly inconsistent philadelphia phillies it's plus 170 for the orioles on the money line and i think you should take it because means has been their one bright spot of their starting rotation and i just don't trust suarez i think you should go for the baltimore orioles today in philly Man, you know that I can't do it because I'll be rooting for Philly because I do have the uh, plus 375 ticket for them to win this division. Maybe here's a good hedge bet because I completely agree. I saw this matchup, you know, because I've been playing this out in my head for the last three weeks, looking at all these teams, looking at the Braves schedule, the Philly schedule, obviously. And I see Means coming up on Monday. Um, he hasn't given up more than two runs in his last four starts, which is saying a lot, you know, when you look at the defense behind you, when you look at the fact that you're playing in Baltimore – I think the Phillies are on upset alert. I'm staying away. I'll be rooting for Philadelphia. They got to get right against Baltimore, but I think they're. Uh, I think they go down on Monday. I'm with you, man. John Means, I think, shuts them down. Same, and I want to make this abundantly clear. I only feel about this about the Monday evening game. The rest right. of the series, I feel pretty confident that the Phillies will handle the series in Baltimore uh, against Baltimore in Philly. But only the Monday game with uh, John Means on the mound. I really like John Means, and I like this matchup for him. And I think it's gonna this one game could feasibly push the Phillies just out of reach of this wild card. So when I say we're talking about spoilers, we never talked about the Baltimore Orioles playing spoilers, but today could be one of those days. Uh, one more interesting matchup on the evening, and it's only interesting for one of the teams, and that's St. Louis taking on Milwaukee. This is a pretty big ball game right now. As we currently speak on Monday, as we tape, you know, Mil St. Louis has got a not a commanding lead, but a three-game lead. It, this late of the stage is about as commanding as you possibly can get. But they got to go face uh, Peralta today. And I can't imagine them running Peralta out there too hard, but this is my one game I'm 100% staying away from. 
Same here. I could see this going either way, you know, because I don't think that the Brewers are going to become complacent because like we've talked about here, I think that that is a special team. I think they're going to go out there. I just worry about Peralta being maybe on a pitch count, maybe being on an innings count, because we've seen that in the past with, uh, you know, with um, Craig Council as the manager of this team, the way that he uses his starting pitchers. Hell, Brandon Woodruff a couple weeks back only went four innings when he was dealing and they had some run support in the game where they were up five or six runs. We've seen Corbin Burns not go out there for the ninth to try to complete a uh, no-hitter, but I mean, I agreed with that because he was at 115 pitches. And as we wind down here, you know, we're taping here Monday, September 20th. Only a few more games here for the Milwaukee Brewers. They're obviously running away with the NL Central. So that's the only thing that concerns me. But at the same time, like, I could see Peralta going out there just dealing for six innings, striking out double-digit batters, Brewers getting some run support, beating on the Cardinals, maybe a letdown spot for St. Louis right now. I don't like betting against the Cardinals, man. I mean, they have been playing excellent baseball. Um, it's very disappointing as a lifetime hater of the St. Louis Cardinals that they'll just never go away. They're going to be in the postseason. We've known it for months. Like, we knew that they're like the Undertaker gift, man. They're always coming back from the dead. Every time you think that they're finished, that maybe that it's going to be a down year, they have that Cardinals devil magic take over in the second half of the season, and that's what we're witnessing right now. So even against Peralta, um, I can't back the Brewers in this spot on Monday. Yeah. It's just tricky. If there's one phrase, you, one word you could ever use to describe the St. Louis Cardinals as a franchise, it's unkillable. They just, yeah. they, you can't kill them. They just right. always, they're always coming back. Like you said, it's that Undertaker gift that we've all come accustomed to on Twitter. One more game on Monday evening, and normally it wouldn't be that interesting, but it is because the Phillies are only two games behind. And I already mentioned that I'm fading the Phillies on Monday evening against John Means but I'm not fading the Atlanta Braves in, in Arizona. This should be a very winnable game for them today. They got to know on the mound against me. Listen, th we know how bad the Diamondbacks are. They're a little better at home, but he on the mound, they're going to give up runs. You should take the over in this game, minus 115. And obviously, I think the Atlanta Braves run line. I think this is the series where the Atlanta Braves separate themselves in the NL East going forward. And I think this will be this will be it for the NL East. And it sucks, man, because like if you look at my home right now, like on my refrigerator, it's like I'm like trying to solve a case. Like I'm that old struggling detective because I got everybody's schedules and I get to this week finally and I see the Phillies only two games back in the division, but then I see Atlanta getting ahead to Arizona, where, as you mentioned, you know, they've been a little bit better at home, but not in their last five. They're own five in their last five home games, one in five in their last six games at home against teams with a winning record, which obviously the Braves had. They stink on Mondays. They haven't won in their last four Monday games. I think Atlanta's just going to beat the living hell out of them uh, in this series, and they're going to wrap up that division. I have absolutely no faith in the Diamondbacks, and the way that everything works out, that was the one team I did not want to see Atlanta face because I think that uh, they're going to take care of business. I don't think this is going to be a letdown spot. I have no faith in the Arizona Diamondbacks, man. I Absolutely have, none. I completely agree with you. Zero faith in the D-backs as well. Those are it for the Monday night games, but there are some games that are taking place starting on Tuesday. We got, of course, Mil uh, Milwaukee taking on, not sorry, not Milwaukee, the New York Mets taking on the Boston Red Sox for a two-game series. The only thing you could say that's positive for the Mets going into that series is they got Marcus Stroman throwing on Tuesday evening. He's been an absolute bright spot over there in New York. Um, I hope to God they extend him because they need him going forward. But I think Boston is a team that's going to stick around and actually make these playoffs. And I'm going to fade the Mets because the Mets have just been a disaster. 
It's funny that you say that. I woke up to a phone call this morning at 9 a.m. and one of my buddies is like, "Hey, I'm here, and there's maybe a shot that the Cubs could land Marcus Stroman." And I said, "Why would why would they why would he do that to himself, man? Because honestly, not that Chicago isn't a great place to pitch, but they're about 15 pieces away from contending. I don't see that happening for the next four to five years. He's been solid this year. You know the win loss record. He's nine and 12, but the ERA. I mean, 288 this season, man. He's going against Rodriguez. At least that's what's scheduled for Tuesday on the road in Boston." I uh, may take a look at the total and look to play maybe an under, maybe a Stroman strikeout prop. He's been lights out as of late. Season's winding down. He's going to want to get himself paid in the offseason. Obviously, he's going to be paid this offseason. But um, I can't trust the Mets in this spot against this Boston team. Um, So maybe I'll take a look at the total. But even with Rodriguez on the mound and me leaning that way in the pitching matchup with the Mets, I just I can't back them. I have no trust in them, no trust in the Phillies. And I do think that Boston's heading to the postseason, probably as the second wild card team. I think it's going to be them in Toronto. I think so too. Um, lastly, we have two more series starting on Tuesday, and this is going to be interesting because it's not necessarily a wild card implication, although there is a little wild card implication in that the Padres are in it, even though we're both fading the Padres pretty hard. Padres are taking on the Giants, while at the same time a very different series for the Los Angeles Dodgers in Colorado. So not necessarily a wild card matchup, more so. Who's going to win this division in the NL East? If the Padres can get it together and get themselves back in playoff contention while the Dodgers are beating up on Colorado, which I think both of us very much expect to happen, could we be, by the time we tape our next show on Thursday, previewing the next weekend, are we talking about a brand new playoff picture? I hope so. Like I, lo- I love how crazy things have been here the last couple of weeks, and it gives us something to talk about. Um, but man, I do think the Dodgers are going to beat up on the Rockies. You know, the only thing that gives you hope if you're a Giants fan, um, is just the fact that they are going to Colorado. Obviously the Rockies a much better team at cores, but if you look at the way these pitching matchups are going to line up, I think the Dodgers are going to take care of business. And then it's hard to have any faith in the Padres, even at home in this series going against San Francisco. Other than, I mean, you have hopes for Tuesday night because you got Musgrove on the mound, mm-hmm. and he's been solid this season. But if you look at that pitching matchup, still doesn't favor San Diego. Arietta, uh, he's injured. I mean, not that he was any good, but, you know, you have that news. Darvish has been beat up. Blake Snell on the IL right now. I just, I think that, um, I think it's going to be next year, next year for the Padres, unfortunately. It's going to be I, that uh, old, it, sad so phrase. disappointing, though, man. It was so disappointing, especially when you go back to that first month of the season we had that series against the Dodgers. I remember walking away from that weekend series saying, I don't think the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. I don't think the Dodgers are the best team in their division. And I wasn't thinking the Giants at the t- time is a better. I was like taking, you know, a shot with a long shot, but I was like, Padres are the best team in baseball. A month later, I was like, Padres are the biggest disappointment in all of baseball. That's how crazy the season's been. But I have no faith in them getting right this week against Sam. If I, if I were to give you three of my biggest disappointments in baseball, I'd say number three, got to be the Minnesota Twins. Number yep. two, got to be the Yankees. And number one, the San Diego Padres have been the biggest disappointment. But to their credit, it's been mainly because of injuries. Yeah. You know, that starting staff, that bullpen stays healthy. We're having a completely different conversation. We might be having the conversation that I was expecting was that we have three 100-win teams in the playoffs. Unfortunately, the Padres faded off very hard, but we are still going to get two 100 win teams out of that NL East, out of NL West, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. 
I say NL East, maybe we might have to combine the two teams at the top for a <laughs> Yeah, no, no I mean, awful. This season, this season has been great, much better than expected. I thought we were going to have a lot of chalk this year, and I'm completely with you on the Yankees being a huge disappointment. I mean, I legitimately thought that the Yankees could win a World Series this year. Now we're talking about a team that's most likely not even going to be in here in a couple weeks. Crazy. Not only that, I as on a personal level, as an ex-player and a friend of Garrett Cole's, you know, he's been a guy that has been carrying that team all season long and have, watching him have a bad outing at the end of the month of September, not to mention when at the time he was number one in the Cy Young odds. It's really going to see what happens uh, on Monday evening for Robbie Ray because Robbie Ray might pull away in those Cy Young and that Cy Young candidacy. But watching Garrett Cole get booed off the field as he was uh, exiting the field, I'm not going to lie to you. That pissed me off because here. he's been incredible all year. One bad outing. And, you know, the fans turning on him like that, that it honestly made me disappointed in the fans in New York. He's the reason that I get he only takes the ball once every five days, you know, and he's the reason, though, that you're even in contention. I mean, what he brings into that clubhouse, into that rotation, he's the one guy that you could rely on every single week. Who else in that rotation could you rely on for the Yanks or even in that bullpen? I mean, everybody's been a mess. Chapman was a disaster. There's a lot of people you should be booing in that on that roster, in that clubhouse, but Garrett Cole, not one of them. Not one of them at all. Well, guys, that is it for us today on Bet MGM MLB Podcast, powered by BetQL. We're going to be back later in the week to preview the upcoming games for the weekend, but stick around, of course, and enjoy yourself some baseball this week. Hopefully, we helped preview it for it uh, in the best way possible. Ryan, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at Ryan Horvat, and we'll be uh, live. Bet MGM tonight, all week long, Monday through Friday, 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. And we're on uh, Twitch now. You a big Twitch guy? I, 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 I've dabbled in Twitch. I'm not a gamer. I, yeah, I was a gamer. Yeah. Um, until they release another ep- another uh, video game of Ken Griffey Jr. Slugfest, yeah. I will not play video games. But if you give me Slugfest, and you know what I'm talking about, left, left, right, 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 left, left, guaranteed home run for Ken Griffey Jr. every single swing, even yep. pointed at the wall, absolutely I'll play that game. But until then, I'm out on games. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right, guys, you can find me at Decker6 on Twitter. And, guys, that is it for us. We'll be back with you on another show this week. And, of course, like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. That's it for us. Be safe out there. Beat it.